0: Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the $100 is Rich Jones. Okay, Rich Jones, he is stuck in corporate. He wants to break free. He's binging on the show. For your chance to win $100 every Monday morning, simply subscribe to the podcast right now on iTunes and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. You're listening to episode 248. And coming up tomorrow morning, you're going to hear from Rob Walsh. He breaks down why most podcasters lie. Top Tribe, good morning. Good morning. I've got my coffee here this morning, and I hopefully you're on your way to work. You're not in traffic. But if you are, you're in luck. You're going to love our guest today. His name is Nova Spivak. I'll tell you what, this is a guy that's got experience that, that people would kill for. Currently, he is the CEO of Bottlenose, which uses big data mining to discover emerging trends for large brands and enterprises. He's also a super, super active angel investor. He writes, he's a frequent speaker and blogger and writes guest articles for public applications like TechCrunch, Mashable, Silicon Angel, and many, many others. Nova, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sir. All right, so let's do this. First things first, anything critical in your bio that I missed that you think, folks, they need to know?
1: Well, uh, let's this see. This is your I time started... to brag. Brag it up, please. Okay, bragging. <laughs> let's, let's hit the brag button. Um, so I started EarthWeb in 1994 as one of the first internet companies in the world. I uh, went public in 98. It was the sixth largest gaining NASDAQ IPO in history at the time. Uh, the day, I think the next day it was the seventh largest. And then the day after that, it was the eighth largest and, and so on. You can kind of do the math, but, um, it was a great IPO. Uh, we were really pioneers in the, in the web industry. And then, uh, out of that later on, uh, dice.com, which is the leading job board for tech jobs, uh, spun out, went public, uh, spun and out then, of like, the earth spun out of the first company. Yeah. Spun out of okay. earth web. Uh, so dice.com went public in 07. And then, um, I went and worked with SRI, which is Stanford Research International, to build their incubator, um, which, among other things, uh, invented the technology that later became Siri on the iPhone uh, for Apple. And uh, then went and did a semantic web company, then uh, was the first investor in a company called Clout, which some of you may know. Uh, like which managed-
0: the social one, K-L-U-T. Yep.
1: That's right. Yep. So I was the first investor there. And How did that incub- do? Well, Cloud got sold, got a, you know, got a good exit. It was a good lithium. exit. Okay. Yeah. So they were sold to lithium, which is a pretty uh, well-known company in, in customer intelligence. And lithium is moving forward nicely. So, you know, it was a good exit for me. What was the sale price on that? Oh, I can't say that. Oh, it's it not public? It, it, it was a private sale. Oh, got um, it. Okay. So, you know, Lithium's a privately held company too. Uh, however, uh, I can tell you that I had an incredible ROI and not on that. Investment. Oh, come
0: on. You can't tease us like that. No, but <laughs> you can't say you I had, had a, an incredible I ROI.
1: $5,000 check. Um, and let's just put it, you know, I'll probably net something close to, you know, half a million bucks from that. So okay, it's that, not that's not a bad good. outcome.
0: And let me just repeat that to make sure I heard no, it correctly. No, don't repeat that. I, I didn't mean, say that. It's okay. Well, yeah, that's the part where we beep, right? But you put in around five ish and you're going to get somewhere around 500 ish.
1: I, I did very well. Ish. We'll add issues, extra issues. <laughs> 25, not 25, but anyway, it was a very good investment. The team there did a great job creating value. So I was very happy about that. And uh, let's see what else, um, you know, then I started a bunch of companies through my own um, incubator. I call it actually a pr- production studio for ventures. So a no, venture... but what year was
0: this? Give us some timing sense.
1: Uh, around 2010, 2011, I started the venture studio in LA. Okay. Uh, Creating uh, a number of ventures, one of which uh, was the Daily Dot, which some of you might know, is uh, growing s- quickly. Um, it's actually got a tr- huge readership. Um, I think it's getting close to, it's approaching forty million readers. So it's doing very well.
0: A- annual? That's kind of it's kind of monthly active use, uh, views.
1: Yeah, real users that that, yep. that actually read the thing. Um, so it's the newspaper of record for consumers on the on the web about what's happening online. Uh, the, the basic premise of the Daily Dot was let's think of the the internet as a place, not a technology, and let's cover it like a newspaper would cover a city. So we have embedded reporters in the major online communities, you know, in YouTube, in 4chan, in 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 um, actually, even somebody even tracking anonymous. You know, we've got reporters with relationships where they're able to. Get incredible leads and stories, uh, and and cover what's happening online for consumers. So it's not TechCrunch; it's more like People Magazine.
0: Is there a really robust kind of content system behind this where you're A/B testing the thumbnails and headlines and all that to juice up? Oh, the yeah, unique- I
1: mean the Daily Dot is incredibly sophisticated. Um, they do what's called data-driven reporting, so they do a ton of measurement and analytics uh, to figure out what to cover um, in different communities. So they're measuring what's trending. Uh, they're, they're also doing a tremendous amount of, of, of smart, um, content placement and management and their editorial system to really optimize results. And they've actually invented new kinds of ad units and they've, they're a very innovative company. What's, so what's the,
0: what's a new kind of ad, the one that you're most excited about the new kind of ad. Well, unit? That,
1: you know, I, I, it'd be better to talk to them about that than okay. me. So I'm All not right. going to well, the Actually, ad.
0: well, let's do this then. What you, you, said you launched this out of the venture studio. What does it actually mean?
1: Well, I, I created about six companies, um, and basically, angel invested, helped build the teams and incubate them, and produce these companies the way that uh, you would produce a film. So the, the basic idea is that um, there's there's this missing piece in the way that companies are built in Silicon Valley, and and that is the role of the producer. There's no such thing in Silicon Valley, but Hollywood uh, has really um, you know been producing. Projects, content, and other kinds of projects for longer than Silicon Valley, and, and and really innovated here in this role. The producer is the glue between the money and the, and the creatives. So between Got them, it. And and the producer basically is the bridges the cultural gap really. And and we don't have that in Silicon Valley, and that's where a lot of deals break down because you have VCs who are money people, bankers in many cases. A lot of them have no operating experience, and then you know they're interfacing directly with the with the With the creative teams, the programmers, the product managers, you know, a lot of the Silicon Valley CEOs are really creatives, not Mm -hmm. even really operators. And you have this cultural divide. They just speak different languages. They think in a completely different way. And and that's where a lot of companies run into friction and trouble uh, and actually go off track. And so in Hollywood, you have producers and, and they bridge the gap because they've been on both sides and that's their job. Their job is to really run interference between the money and the talent. And to build the the project.
0: Sure. So this is what you're doing at Venture Studio. I mean,
1: yeah. For so tech we companies. basically produced ventures, and uh, so Daily Dot was one of them. Clout was one of them. Uh, Live Matrix, which was a, a TV guide for the internet, uh, which is which was sold to OV Guide, uh, was one of them. And then uh, Bottlenose was another one of them. And, and so is Bottlen- your
0: model the same on all these? Are you're putting in around twenty five ish thousand oh, no. bucks, no, or some
1: of them I put in a lot more? Okay. Um, so there's not like a standard. This isn't well, like a accelerator just put in money as, as needed in, okay. in different models. But in the case of Bottlenose, I put in a lot more than that. Um, How much did you put eventually, in? And, sorry? How much did you put in? Well, I, I'm not going to say. Oh, come but on. Like, no, I,
0: this is people people listening right now. They're going, he can't say that he put a lot in and then not give some kind numbers, of context. Much
1: bigger numbers. Orders of magnitude bigger. Over, over than uh, seven or below seven figures. Orders of magnitude bigger. But anyway, let's move forward. So with, with Bottlenose, I ended up taking the uh, CEO position eventually. Um, I decided that it was really in my wheelhouse, um, a very interesting project for me, and so I actually went full time into it. Um, and so I've, I haven't been doing as much production of new ventures. I've I've really been focused on bottlenose for the last few years, uh, and that's that's kind of what I'm doing now. So so wait, we we
0: have to dive into this. No, and I'll tell you why. So a lot of our listeners, we've got millions of them, right? They they are they maybe they have a, an angel investor that's put in a large chunk of money, maybe even owns majority
1: of the business when they first start. Well, that's a terrible thing. I I completely. I um, am against investors owning the majority of early stage companies. I think it's the kiss of death for, for early stage companies. So tell, tell us, when
0: did you make the decision that you needed to be the CEO of Bottlenose versus whoever the CEO was when you invested? There
1: wasn't CEO. I was, the, I was producing it. So oh, there was, was no CEO. The, see, here's the thing. The, the type of CEO that, that an early stage company can attract is usually not the person that you want as CEO once the company is actually up and running and, and actually getting some traction and growing. They're different skill sets. So I actually believe that early stage companies don't need CEOs. They need producers. This is this is the whole point of the venture production model. A producer has a different skill set than a, a later stage CEO. A producer is much closer to the product. It's really all about product market fit. It's really all about getting the core team, incubating the first product, getting out to market. That's not really the kind of skill set that you need once a company's raised 20 or $30 million and is you know, on track trying to grow to a much larger revenue stream.
0: Nova did did daily dot and these other ones Did they not have CEOs at the beginning either. It was just you and kind of a a team of what, like
1: talent that you brought in. Well, actually in the case of the daily dot, yes. And originally we just started it that way, but then I, I brought in, um, a terrific guy, a CEO from a newspaper family who actually then took it forward and, and built it. So we actually brought somebody in and in the same case, uh, with, with live matrix, we, we brought in a terrific CEO, uh, who actually took it forward eventually? But in the beginning, we we incubated it this way.
0: And are you doing this just opportunistically, saying I know someone in my network to do it, or you're saying when the Daily Dot hits a million dollars in annual revenue, that's when we need to make a switch?
1: No, we we don't have a specific formula. We look for the right person, yeah. uh, at the right time. You know, I mean, in these cases, for, for Live Matrix, I found a guy who you know helped um, build and 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 do deals for Gemstar TV Guide. He was the perfect guy, and and for the Daily Dot. Uh, You know, we found somebody who um, had spent, you know, 15, 20 years in in the newspaper industry and really understood how to build a newspaper.
0: Yep. It reminds me a lot. The Daily Dot specifically reminds me a lot. We had uh, Emerson Sparts on. Do you you know Emerson? Uh, Dose.com? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's, he's the guy behind dose.com. They just raise a yeah. crap ton of money and it's fascinating how it's almost like you, you watch kind of, you let humans kind of pick up on trends and then when you can replace the human with the robot to kind of pump out the headlines and the thumbnails, that's really what they do. It's fascinating. I, I I'm curious, your perspective on this actually. I kind
1: of think I actually believe sort of the inverse. I think that you use the machines to find the trends and then you use humans to actually. So do you have machines
0: <laughs> writing headlines at daily dot? And if so,
1: we don't, it's the humans. So we have machines doing analytics to find interesting, interesting trends, but um, there's a real editorial team, and I don't think there's any substitute for that. I don't believe that machine-generated news uh, outside of maybe very narrow domains like financial news is, uh-huh. is really going to cut it. Yep. I think that you know, he, the human brain is so far beyond what, what AI can do today.
0: And so for that reason, do you think, I mean, right now you're seeing, especially in the Valley and on the West coast, these, these developer, but you know, salaries through the roof, eventually, I, I just think eventually create, you're going to see that flip and creatives are going to basically rule the world because the developers are automating
1: themselves. <laughs> well, I think there's a, come on, I, I, Nova, play with me here. That. I think that, um, you know, I, look, I've been working in the field of AI for 20 years. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. And, yeah. Yeah. And I do not. Think that AI is anywhere near um, replacing uh, programmers, which I think are creative people or editors or writers. In fact, I think basically um, where AI is going to replace jobs is, is um, lower level manual labor, like factory labor. Uh, you know, it's, AI can definitely automate a robot on an assembly line. Uh, AI can be very useful for things like detecting fraud or you know high frequency trading. So sure, there are certain kinds of things where it's a very mechanical kind of task, uh, where I think AI is good. AI can also be useful for optimization, for machine learning, uh, deep learning to find patterns. But um, the 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 question of what these patterns mean and what you should do about them that's still a human task. Yeah. And so yeah. when you hear
0: when you hear a politician say fifteen dollar minimum wage, what goes through your mind as an AI guy?
1: Well, I mean, I I still think human beings, uh, you know, have skills which which are essential and irreplaceable, and they should get paid well for it.
0: That was such a political. Are you going to run for for office one day? No, that's a very
1: political answer. (laughs) Listen, I, you know, I, I I actually (laughs) think that no, I'm definitely not going to run for political office ever. (laughs) You can quote me on that. But no, I I really do think that um, we are going to see some economic challenges from AI in the future because of um, certain types of 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 jobs being eliminated, Mm -hmm. um, you know, anything that's mechanical, the robot could do.
0: Yep. Yep. Tell us real quick before we get to my favorite part of the show, uh,
1: which is also the last
0: part, how does bottlenose make money? What's the business model?
1: So bottlenose provides a form of big data analytics that uses machine learning capabilities to find patterns and, and classify these patterns, um, and then detect trends, Around them for big enterprises. So what we're really doing is trend detection for for big enterprises. Can you give so us that, a real
0: example <laughs> of that, Nova? Like the last time you did it. Well, sure.
1: So um, you know, for a large consumer electronics company, um, detecting different kinds of customer problems that are being communicated um, on social media, um, on forums, in their call center, um, and in various other media. In order to give them an indicator of what problems customers are having uh, with software and hardware releases that have just come out um, globally. Okay. So
0: So it's just listening. It's not prescriptive in terms of solutions.
1: We don't actually, yeah, we don't tell, tell the customer what to do. That's kind of up to them, but we, we are measuring across many different channels. So we, we see about uh, 13 different major um, kinds of data today Um, and it's streaming data. It's real time analytics. So we're not using batch mode, Hadoop-style um, computing. It's continuous. We're looking at about um, getting close to about 100 billion data records a day um, at a rate of about a million per second. Mm-hmm. And we're looking for patterns and trends using signal processing uh, and then machine learning above that.
0: And what is it, What this consumer electronics company that is using you guys or that you're working with last, what are they paying you and how do they pay you? What's the model?
1: Well, you know, without getting into specifics, we are an enterprise product so we were saas software okay. as a service um, it's an annual enterprise subscription and you know our prices range anywhere from the tens of thousands of dollars up to about half a million or more depending on the on the type of project
0: and is that half a million or this is annual these are annual contracts annual deals yeah okay yeah. and and so i didn't realize that this was a typical saas model um that's interesting so i mean are you paying attention to things like lifetime value and cac and all that
1: well, you know, we're, we're dealing with large enterprise customers. so It's not really the same as, as, you know, we're not looking at individual consumers using a SaaS product. This yeah. is much more like enterprise software. And Got so it. here, the model is really, uh, I mean, of course, you have things like renewals and recurring revenue and, 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 and stuff like that. But, you know, we're not doing thousands of deals. It's, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're it's, doing it's you're
0: doing dozens of deals. Dozens, so.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's fewer than 100 customers today, yep. but they're big customers.
0: Yep. 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 Very cool. You just, why'd you raise it? I think you just raised a big round. Why'd you raise it and how much was it for?
1: Well, you know, we're actually, um, there's, there's still some, some fundraising taking place right now. So the, there's some, there'll be something announced in the future, but, uh, you know, we've raised a significant amount of money. Um, I haven't released the number publicly, so I'm not going to do it here, but, um, well, you know, it, we, I mean, it was a I'll crunch, just based, say this. crunch based well, let me two just p- say this.
0: 2.2 million series C January 7th. that's,
1: Bit, much more than that. um So we'll fix it. That's what Crunchbase has. <laughs> that's just a that, that's just a filing in in a round. That's okay. Within a round, that's not the end of a round. So, so it's still know, open. It's rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's okay. a larger round happening right now. But but you can actually see if you, if you dig around, you'll you can see what we raised in our in our series first part of the series B, which um, the 15 was,
0: and the 13, right? So you have 44 41 million total round over nine rounds, and you're about to close another bigger one.
1: Uh, not exactly. Just give <laughs> me the nice stop life. being stop being so all
0: around. This I'm reading off so Crunchbase. Of just fits. give me the numbers. Uh, uh,
1: you know the company it has raised more than twenty million dollars, um, but I'm not going to get more specific than that. It's raised more than that. Oh, so this it, the Crunchbase data is wrong. The Crunchbase data is almost always wrong, oh, and okay. everybody in the industry knows that. It's well, that's always good always always to know. Wrong. That's good to know. Um, Yeah. Uh, so they're just guessing. Most companies aren't going to get specific about that until they file their Form Ds, and that's after the round is done. So. Yep. yep. Um, so what, anyway, what will the money go towards? What
0: will it go towards mainly? Well,
1: so you know, we we've raised for many years. So it's some of it's already been used in previous rounds. Um, the new money that that's been raised and is being raised is is really going towards growing our sales and marketing effort, uh, mm-hmm. as well as more engineers. Uh, because look, I, I did a study. How many about are you the, right now, Nova?
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, how many employees total right now?
1: So we're we're getting close to about forty people in the company. In all various, in LA. Uh, no, uh, we're actually we've got people in New York, L.A., and we've got some overseas people as well. OK,
0: sorry, I cut so, you off. What were you saying?
1: No problem. So, look, I did a study of about eight hundred and eighty uh, big data ana- analytics companies. Um, and actually, you know, the, the, the amount of money that you have to raise to be successful in this space um, by the time you do a series C is about 40 million bucks. That's where you need to go. and and to be successful. that's table stakes for this, for this field. So your current round is 20 million. (laughs) No, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but the bottom line is you have to raise a lot of money because, you know, first of all, there's a tremendous amount of engineering that you have to do. There's a huge amount of data. I mean, the numbers that I just cited in terms of how much data we process, that's a lot of data. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of hardware and a lot of storage and a lot of memory and all this kind of stuff that has to happen. And then, um, you know, when you're selling to big enterprise customers, you're looking at 12 to 18 month sales cycles with a direct sales force. Yeah, you have inside sales team. Yeah, and yep. so you have to you all have that to, jazz. Yeah, you have to. You totally have to scale up, right? Yeah. And so, uh, the look the the name of the game in big data analytics though is if you can raise the money you need to to really do this the right way. Um, you see valuations like Tableau, right? which is which is what. Well, I mean, I, I, think, they, I think the valuations have been changing for, for some of the unicorns, but, you know, these are companies that are valued in the billions to tens of billions, right? So, you know, if, you're, if you can raise, you know, between 20 and $40 million to build the proper team and infrastructure, um, and then you actually can, of course, get lightning in a bottle with the right idea... Um, you know, there, there is the opportunity to build a company that's worth tens yep. of billions of dollars like a Palantir. Well, Nova, and,
0: it's going to be fun to watch you build this thing. We're getting close to wrap up time. If people want to connect with you personally online, where can they do that?
1: Well, I mean, the best thing to do is go to bottlenose.com. And, and if you you know, want to reach me, uh, you can contact me um, at nova at bottlenose.com. But don't spam me because I get a lot of emails.
0: Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. (laughs) Very good, guys. We'll link to them in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top 248. Again, forward slash the top 248. Nova, we're about to wrap up. Before we do, it's time
1: for The Famous Five. Number one is what's your favorite business book? Oh, boy. Um, well, I have to say um, the, the theory of positioning um, by uh, Al Ries and Jack Trout was a great book. She really shaped a lot of my thinking.
0: Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now?
1: Uh, mm, <laughs> myself.
0: <laughs> I think what you're maybe what you're saying is I don't give a damn about anybody else. I'm focused on my own business. No,
1: I'm just I'm just trying to refine my own game right now. Got what, it you know, doing a lot of learning. Okay. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you
0: have? Maybe something like Evernote. Oh, um, wow. Uh,
1: favorite online tool. Um, well, I, I guess, um, if you don't have one, that's okay. <laughs> well, I, I guess, uh, Trello, I like Trello. Okay. You use that for
0: your sprint planning and all that.
1: Uh, well, we used to use it. Um, I, I love Trello. I think it's awesome.
0: Good. Okay. Number four, yes or no, as you're building this Nova, are you getting eight hours of sleep? No, never. What do you get? Um, I mean, at best, maybe I'll get six, but okay. typically. Four. And are you single married? Do you have kids? I'm married and have a kid. Okay. Married and have a kid. Um, so last question here is take, well, how old are you right now? Uh, well, I think I'm 46. 40. You think I love it. Take us back 26 years. Nova. what do you wish your 20 year old self knew? <laughs> Give me <laughs> something wish, good, uh, baby. My,
1: I wish my 20 year old self knew that the first internet bubble was actually going to burst. So I could have cashed out more before it did.
0: There you guys have it. When the opportunity comes, take it. We've got Nova with us today. He started off back in the early days with Earthweb, spun out Dice.com, both went public, made a lot of money, launched his venture studio in 2010 with some big hits on his hands like Daily Dot, including the one he's active in today with Bottle Nose. They've got clients paying 10K to 500K annually with around or less than 100 clients raising a big round right now. Nova, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. If you enjoyed NOVA today, go back and listen to episode 247 yesterday with Ty Stafford. He's 27 and you won't believe what he's doing for Red Bull. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today. Okay Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win a hundred bucks every Monday.